Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. All right. Won't you stand with me? And uh, just stand. When you've done all you can, just stand, stand. This is uh, a little different. Okay. Hold your Bibles up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, obviously, there's a little shift here. I've I, uh, been talking about creating a heart for God's house. And as I was coming today, uh, I, I began to... I always process up to the time I come on the stage. Because I always, historically in my life, if somebody said, what is your... Your ministry gift, you know, there are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, preachers, teachers. Um, there's always been a prophetic side to me where it's really been strange how God has spoken to me on occasion, not an audible voice, but in impressions of things that would happen ahead of time. Now, I'm not perfect at that, and I'm not claiming uh, any uh, responsibility other than obedience for that, but. I kind of anticipated this happening today, uh, not in this exact way, but just that that something needed to break loose uh, in the heavenlies. The Bible tells us very clearly that there is a spiritual war going on, and it's in heavenly realms, and that the reason we pray is not to adjust God to what we need but to adjust us to what God can provide. You see, oftentimes, this time of year, there are churches that fast. And oftentimes, people have taken fasting to mean, if I fast, it will change God and His plan. The reality, fasting changes us. It doesn't change God. Because God's never changing. And so when we pray, we're not asking God to do something that he hasn't already thought through. We're asking God to tell us what he has thought through. And so uh, a lot of churches this time of year will teach on fasting. They'll talk about vision. And those are both great things. But when I felt like God said, talk about creating a heart for my house, I said, God, that's really a strange thing to talk about in January. January is all about excitement. It's all about vision. Without a vision, my people perish. It's, it's all about fasting and getting in tune and finding out what God is doing. But the reality is, folks, listen to me. The house of God is an institution of change. And I began to think if you wanted to change your physique, you would probably go to the gym, most likely. Get a trainer. They have the weights. They have all the systems. And it would become a place of transformation for you because you have decided that you wanted to change 
maybe your in, internal structure, your, your external structure, but the reality is you find a place where that change is most likely to occur. You know why it's most likely to occur? Because you get away from all the distractions. And I've worked out in a gym for 20 years. This is the first year I built a home gym because I felt like I needed to get away. And if I, once I got there, I couldn't go to the refrigerator, couldn't do all the things I would do at home, and, and I could get away. What I realize now is that after 20 years of going to a place, I had the disciplines in place. But I still go to the gym, but it's just a different location. When you come to church, it is a place of transformation. It's a place where you say, I'm getting away from everything that could distract me, and I'm going to put my focus on God. And we need that. We need to find a place every week and I would say even every day in devotional time, sitting aside time and space, that says today, I'm going to have an experience with God. And, and I know that in the world of millennials, that church is becoming an antiquated institution. The thing that I guess I question is the very millennials who talk about church being outdated still go out to eat. Probably more than ever. They're not cooking at home. They're going out to eat. Well, guess what? Today, you've gone out to eat. That's what church is. A spiritual restaurant. Some of y'all getting hungry already. You're like, you've got to stop talking like this. But I'm going to go back to Psalm chapter 92. And I want you to grasp this because... The church, the institution of the church, is the foundation of transformation. That whenever a worship experience like this happens where you go, I don't understand it. Listen, how in the world do you think we can ever understand even the little bit of God? I mean, he created the galaxies, universe. The sun is actually, except sometimes in Oklahoma and Arizona, it's a perfect distance from the earth. Or we would burn up. That God thought through everything ahead of time. He said, I've got it all laid out. And we can't fully understand or comprehend. But we can submit by faith to God's idea that we not forsake coming together in the church. In Psalm 92, it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted... In the house of the Lord. Now let me pause right there. It doesn't say the lost. It says the righteous. Lost will never grow into what God wants us to grow into when we're lost. It's the difference in weeds and grass. Sin grows real rapidly. Have you noticed that? And weeds grow real rapidly. But you won't see a weed push up through concrete. You will see grass. Somehow, it's amazing how... You, you can see a sidewalk, and there's Bermuda growing up through it. Have you ever figured that out? This is concrete, and this is grass. The persistence in what God made that to be strong, I'll never understand. But we have that strength. The challenge is we oftentimes do not have the spiritual stamina and tenacity to refuse to quit. And it says the righteous will flourish. Where are they planted? 
in the house of the Lord. You can tell me the church is outdated. You can tell me that we have all these social media outlets now to create relationships. And you can watch online. My idea of online church has always been when you can't make it. I'm not mad at you. I know some of you love it. You're introverts. You want to stay at home in your pajamas. I get it. And I'm not mad at you. But something happens when we come face to face with one another. And last week I began this series and I said, be honest about the person that you are. That was the first point. Be honest about the person that I am. I have no issue any longer failing. I have no issue saying I failed. I have no issue saying I was wrong. I have no issue apologizing. I have no issue saying I'm sorry. Let me tell you why. Because I'm very comfortable realizing that I am a part of the human race. When you can be okay being honest with yourself, that is the beginning of growth. People who live in denial and never take responsibility for anything they say or anything they do will never grow into the righteous person God wants because they're not being honest. Be honest with yourself. Tell yourself the truth. And then once you're honest, say, what can I do to address the flaws in my life? I have to address them every day because they exist every day. And I just have to turn to the Word of God. I have to put myself in the right place, in the right position, the right posture. And not the physical posture, but the spiritual posture of humility. That says, God, I don't need to be right. I need to get right. Most of the time, we live our lives trying to be right instead of get right. Now, granted, we all have those moments where we we find ourselves trying to be right. I get that. But in my life, I'm ever aware of, I just want to get right. I want to make right. I don't need to be right. And so, when we come to the house of the Lord, every vision has to have a foundation. And I would ask, what's your foundation this year? What are you building your dreams on? Are you building them on your skills? Are you building them on your education? Are you building them on your family? Saying, well, you know, I come from a good family, so, you know, we just have always been blessed or done things right. Are you building them on faith every day, realizing that families crumble? Every system in America and in the world has the potential to crumble. Nobody thought Enron would ever go down. It was one of the biggest organizations in all of Texas, and it crumbled. And there were people who put all of their retirement in that organization, and they lost it all. Systems in this world will crumble, but let me say this. The Petra, the rock, Jesus, will never crumble. He is the rock on which we build everything that we have. The second thing I would talk about today is be hopeful about the person that you can become. Be hopeful about the person that you can become. Last week I I said made this statement and as I was studying this just came to me. Many if not most people spend their lives trying to explain why they are the way they are instead of spending their energy becoming who they can become. You may have come from a good family or a normal family. I, I've never met a normal family. So if you figure you have a normal family, please meet me in the lobby and I want to shake your hand because you will be the first normal family I've ever met in my life, which will make you absolutely abnormal because the rest of us are normal. 
And so a lot of times we spend most of our life trying to explain why we are the way we are. Well, you know, I grew up in a negative home. I grew up in a, a loud home. I grew up in a mean home. My mother or my father were abusive or they were neglectful. They were never there. And we live our whole lives trying to explain why we are the way we are. Instead of spending our energy saying, you know what? I know that God has great things for my life and they lie ahead of me, not behind me. I'm not living in my past. I'm dreaming of a future. I have hope that God is going to do something absolutely incredible. Now, in Jeremiah 29, 11, out of the Amplified Classic Version, it reads like this. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders in exile. Now, we're going to jump from verse 1 to verse 11, and here's a part of what he said. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace, not for evil, to give you hope in your, I love this, to give you hope in your final outcome. I would love to stand up here today and say, you know what, don't worry about it. Everything you dreamed of for 2019, it's just going to happen so easily and simply. It's not. You're going to have to fight the good fight, just like Paul did. You're going to have to stand when you feel like sitting. You're going to have to fight when you feel like fleeing. You're going to have to pray when you feel like cussing, and you'll probably end up doing both. Why? Because we're so human. I love who we are. And I love that God knows who we are. And I love that God loves us being who we are. And I love that God says, but you don't have to stay who you are. You don't have to explain why you are who you are. You just have to stand up and say, it's going to get better. It's going to get brighter. Good things are going to come out of this. I know that they are. We have to allow God to address us in crisis the way he wants to. The hardest things that have happened in my life have turned out to be the best things that happened in my life. Because rather than wallow in what was, I began to will what could be. I exercised disciplines. My hope was in God and that I knew being a disciple is a part of discipline. They're connected. One's the root of the other. If you're going to be a disciple, you have to have discipline. In my darkest days, I would get up at 3.30 every morning and I would write until noon every day. There were days I didn't know what day it was. There were days... That I, I had not been out of my apartment for three or four days at a time. And it's probably good nobody was in there because I'm sure like Lazarus I stunk by now. But what I did was exercise the disciplines necessary for the hope that was in me to happen. You've heard the old saying. It's going to take work. It's going to take effort. It's going to take discipline. And whatever's worth having is not worth waiting for. It's worth working for. Some people want a magic pill in a social media world. They want to win the, the spiritual lottery. 
But if you want change in your life, you have to find hope to connect to. And believe that God does have a plan for you. And that the final outcome is going to be better than you thought it was. But you have to exercise hope. And I'm just going to give you some thoughts here. And you can write them down and we'll be done. Ask yourself, what am I reading? What am I reading? Am I reading social media only? You say, I want my dreams to come true this year. I used to have a saying, I still believe it to be true. I can tell you who you're going to be five years from now by the books you read and the people you hang out with. That's who you're going to become. So tell me what you're reading. Are you reading the news? Are you listening to the news all the time? I'm just telling you, it's all out there to sabotage your destiny if you start believing that. I believe, honestly, I know that everybody's saying it's going to be another stock market crash. Some people are afraid of that. It's going to get worse. I believe it's going to get better because I believe... That God's going to show up in a very real way across America in a sovereign way. And we're going to see a move of God unprecedented like never before. You say, well, what, what proof do you have? He's God. I don't have any scientific proof, but I do have faith. And faith trumps science all the time. Well, how do I know that? Well, explain how the Red Sea parted. Science says it can't do that. I've never seen a wall of water stand up without a dam. But it did. I don't know why the sun stood still, but, but it did. And science says that can't happen. But faith says it can. When Joshua said, I need more daylight, and God said, I'll, I'll give you more sunlight so that you can fight the good fight. You can't explain it. The problem is that people of faith have tried to battle by using science. You didn't get born again by science. You got born again by faith. If you got born again by science, there would be a list of rules, like in a chemistry set, that you have to add this to this to this to get that. And God says, no, there's only one thing, one additive that you need to have to your life, which is the only thing that pleases me, which is faith. Some of you have been told you can't be promoted. Science says you can't because you don't have enough education. They don't know who the CEO is. <laughs> You know who sits in the CEO's office, but let me tell you, there's somebody he reports to, whether he knows it or not. What am I doing with my talents? I'm just asking. These are things that you have to ask. If you want your vision to happen, your dream to come true, are you? if you want to be a pilot, are you reading about airplanes, aerodynamics, if you want to become a pilot, that's what you do. So what are you reading? Do you know what your skill set is? Do you know what are you doing with your talents? Who challenges you? Who challenges you? Is there somebody in your life that is challenging you to do better, to be better? Addressing your flaws, not in a punitive way, but in a redemptive way, saying you're better than that. You're better than that. I believe in discipline. I believe that there are times when things need to happen in our lives where the brakes are put on and say, you're going to learn on my watch. And if you choose not to, you can choose not to, but I'm going to be responsible. Going to learn. Not just who challenges me, but what challenges me. You know what challenges me? To be patient. That's not my nature. To lay back a little bit. I was always the guy saying, get out of the way, I'll get it done. 
God, you too. Not like any of y'all have ever done that. Say, God, I got this. Let me call and clean their clock. I'll get them straightened out. No, you won't. You'll make it worse. Who am I serving and what am I sacrificing? These are questions that that if you're doing a dream statement or a vision statement for your, your year, ask yourself these questions. What am I sacrificing? This is a big one. What am I sacrificing? David said, I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. We live in a world that wants something for nothing. Want to win the lottery. Want to get rich. People who get rich without discipline and character usually end up dying or becoming poor, broke, and without families. They didn't have a foundation for their vision of being wealthy. They didn't know how to manage money because they never had money. If you want money, learn how to manage money. Learn how to budget money. If you want money. If you say, I want to be an entrepreneur because I want to be able to help other people. Then you know what? You need to start reading books about managing wealth. Now, one of the things we're going to be doing Starting January 26th, we'll kick off a men's breakfast. I call it the Breakfast of Champions. Brand new phrase, right? Sometimes you don't need to fix that, which was already not broken. It's, it's good. So January 26th, and then in February, women get this. We're bringing Beth Moore to Oklahoma City on video. And we're going to be doing her entrusted. Susan will be leading it. She's asked me to invite all of you. We went out yesterday. We got the whole series. We'll be ready to go. So it'll be a gathering twice a month, I believe, on Wednesday nights where you guys will, you ladies will come in and men will want to come in and, and, and listen to this, but you can't. So men, you get to come in and hear me because I'm going to do a ministry, me and Jesse and several others. Uh, we're going to do a men's thing uh, twice a month. In other words, what we're trying to do is not just give you hype and say, man, let's dream big. God's going to do great things this year. And, and you can, you know... That's not what this is. You have to have a foundation on which to build your dreams. And I believe when you come into the house of the Lord, it ought to be one of those places that gives you the information necessary to be transformed. So information applied becomes transformation lived. If you don't have the right information, there probably will not be a transformation. In other words, if I told you you had to work really hard and be really good and perfect and you could go to heaven, that's wrong information. That will be information that leads to destruction, not transformation. So we try to disseminate the right information to get you to that place where transformation happens in the area of your desire. My prayer this year would be that you'd have a heart for God's house. And I'm going to close with this. Last week, I just had this unction. If you weren't here, you missed it. But we've been offered the garage space at Incredible Pizza. They've, they've said, look, you can, you can have it for free, no extra cost, but you have to build it out. So blessing, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, wow, it's overwhelming. So we spent the last part of 2018 trying to figure out how to do it. We had people come in and give us bids. What's the cheapest we can do it for? What's this look like? I could not get my faith wrapped around it. And so... Last week, I felt like God said, why can't you believe me for that? So I, I stood up and I said, 
you know what? We're going to get that. Incredible Pieces offered it to us. We're going to build it out. And, and the, the bid was $5,000. And you said, well, that doesn't sound like a lot for a church. Well, <laughs> you obviously haven't looked at church budgets. These organizations are called not-for-profit. <laughs> and so, but I began, I, I went home and I, I said, we're going we're to get this done. Well, then I got a call when I got home. One family called and said, we're going to give $1,000. Then I already had a lunch schedule with, with a guy that I've known for a long time. And he said, how much is that going to cost? I, I was there last week. He said, how much is that going to cost? I said, we think 5000 He said, I'll tell you what, if it's 5000 or less, I'll pay for it. Now, my flesh kicks in and goes, well, until I see it. <laughs> but we're meeting Wednesday. So all that to say this, that we have to live by faith, but we also have to walk it out. And we have to exercise it. We have to walk in it. God's got things he wants to do. He's already set them up. But God has to prepare us for that which he has prepared for us. I guess I wasn't prepared last year. I don't know whether to feel guilty or just repent or both. I, I guess just both. I felt a little bit of guilt going, God, why did I have problems believing you for $5,000? This is for our young people, our kids. And which, by the way, on your seat is a, a thing for Mosaic Servant Leader cards for kids. This is not for any other area. Do you realize that over 60% of all people who get born again get born again before the age of 15? Over 85% of people get born again between the ages of 4 and 29. And we invest all this time and money here in our children are the ones that are most pliable and accepting of Christ. So in your seat is a card. I want to ask you to give us one Sunday a month working with Pastor Michael Bowie, helping our kids grow. And I want to ask you to fill it out, drop it in the offering bucket in just a moment, say, I'm willing to exercise faith. I'm, I, look, this is not a pitch, folks. I'm telling you, this is a need that we have to meet. Just like that children's sanctuary that we want to build over there, we have to do this. Our kids are absolutely critical. We're going to lose a generation if we don't invest in them. Some of you have children. You say, man, I've had them all week. I'm dropping them at church. I'm going in. Look, you worship one, you work one. And this one time a month, you're investing 12 hours a year in children. Now, some of you could invest 52 hours or you can invest 48 hours a year in children, helping us make their dreams come true. I have a vision for kids, always have. I was a youth pastor before I ever became a pastor. So I love teenagers. I love kids. I just got too old and wanted to kill them. <laughs> just being honest. Last pastor I worked for, I said, it's time for me to resign. I felt like the Dick Clark of youth ministry. I said, the last youth camp, I, 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 I just, I, in the middle of the night, you know, our kids, they don't ever go to sleep. I don't know how they do it. And I set up and I said, if I hear, this was in these huge barracks of youth ministry, and, and they were kept on talking, and there were all these different churches represented, and I, I, I was just tired of it. I got up, I said, if you don't shut up, I'm going to take every one of you and your youth pastor, and I'm taking you outside. And I 
kind of woke up and I went, you're crazy, Mark. I went back to my pastor that next week. I said, I got to quit. I'm going to kill somebody. And I did quit. And so I just passed the baton to somebody else and laugh at them. I like you a lot better. You know, adults are so appropriate. You may not like what I'm saying, but you're smiling and you'll talk about me at lunch. It's a lot easier. Well, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what's happened here today. We won't fully know what's happened for a while because you're doing a work in the hearts of so many. And Lord, I pray that you would, those who would have not known you yet, came forward to receive an experience and have a moment with you. Would all of you pray this with me? Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Today I choose to live for you. I repent of my sins. I call you my Lord and my Savior. Amen.